For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line. That is correct. What is today? Today is September 23rd, 2020. That's right. We're still in 2020. It's a Wednesday, and guess what? It means we are three days away from SEC college football. Man, you want to talk about excited? I am excited. And that's saying a lot coming from a Tennessee fan, but I've got uh, I got high hopes. And I've been talking about those all offseason. Y'all have heard me. I am pumped up. All right, off the top. This, this video, I, I would say this is going to be short and sweet, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I can say it's going to be short and sweet, but it ends up being an hour long. Off the top, we are starting to notice, one... On the upside, that we've almost tripled our viewer and listenership. And some of that is thanks to our presence that we're pushing on YouTube. We're making ourselves uh, more available on YouTube for really every episode. And then also still having the consistency of those listening to the audio version of the podcast. That's helped us out a lot. But what we've noticed on the YouTube side of things is that as more and more people try to find us, the harder uh, the harder it is for them to actually find us. And so I've had several people reach out, and then we had a comment on our YouTube uh, this morning of somebody saying the same thing several people have said, which is, I-, I can't find you just by searching over the line, over the line podcast, 20 different variations, and none of them pull you up. So apparently, as of right now, the only way to find us is to manually enter the link into your browser 
into the Safari on your iPhone, into whatever you use to pull up web pages. I, honestly, I don't even know if there's a way to do it on the YouTube app, but it is youtube.com slash over the line. YouTube.com slash over the line, and that brings you directly to our page. Fortunately, that's simple enough. YouTube.com slash over the line. That's easy to remember. What's sad, though, is that you are more likely to find a podcast or a, a, a YouTube channel that is called Over the Line or some variation of that that has zero subscribers than you are to find this channel that has almost a thousand subscribers. And in the grand, screen, grand scheme, that's not that many subscribers, but it's a lot more than zero. So why can't people find us? Big Tech has been on a, a silencing spree over the weekend with the over-the-line accounts, even my personal account, so that's what we have to assume that is. Nonetheless, just remember, youtube.com slash over-the-line. Once you get there, make sure you subscribe and you hit the notification bell so every time we post a video, which always should be Monday through Friday, you will be notified, and then it'll be right there on your phone, Whenever you're ready to go watch it, listen to it, whatever the case is, boom, there it is. Simple as that. Same thing goes for Apple Podcasts, Spotify. They've all got those features. You can click it and be notified every time a new video is posted, which is usually sometime each morning or midday, sometime around there. All right, for today's episode, Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, I want to thank Tucker Carlson for bringing this to my attention last night as I was uh, listening to him after... The football practice for the mighty Indian Warriors. Kyle Rittenhouse, as you know, is the 17-year-old kid in Kenosha, Wisconsin, after the shooting death of Jacob Blake that was in the streets, seemingly, from, from what we're starting to find out, helping out, helping people, helping the community that end up firing a few shots in self-defense and then being charged with enough criminal charges to put him away for the rest of his life. Once this happened, a media narrative started to be formed immediately without all the facts. And this is something that we've argued time and time again, that let's wait on all the facts. It's amazing to me that we've gotten to a point in society where one side says, we don't need all the facts. I've literally seen people say, well, if it was your kid or if it was your family member, you wouldn't want to wait on all the facts. Really? Does it matter whose family member it is? Facts are kind of important. But apparently we've lost that in this day and age. Nonetheless, Kyle Rittenhouse goes through all of that. The media scrutiny, you've seen it. We know the story. I don't have to rehash that. But I've kept up for a while now with what his attorney has been doing because this seems to be really a tragic situation all, all the way around. Now, Lynn Wood is the attorney out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I wasn't aware that they had a nonprofit organization by the name of Fight Back. Hashtag Fight Back. Now, first of all, this Fight Back Twitter page that I had to look up was not easy to find. It's just amazing to me. And I I know this has been a thing for a long time. And maybe 
maybe I was just naive to it until it directly happened to me, but now I'm starting to notice every time I look for something how hard it is or how many other profiles or pages I have to filter through before I find what I'm actually looking for, it's getting absurd. And the big tech suppression is real, but that's another topic for another day. Find back is um, uh, a, a, an organization created by Linwood, the attorney for Kyle Rittenhouse, that really, I guess, stands up for people, from what I understand, stands up for people that are in legal situations that are based on, you know, their acts of self-defense and their, really, their right to defend themselves. Because here's what, in American society, we've reached a point where 10, 20, even 30 years ago, defending yourself, your, your body, your family, your property, it was a no-brainer. We just looked at people that were killed or shot from somebody that, that was just defending themselves as somebody playing stupid games and winning stupid prizes. Now, the left has, has blurred those lines to the point that you can defend yourself if you want, but we'll decide if we're going to allow you to obtain that right of self-defense, that right of stand your ground. And that depends on who you are, where you live, where the incident happened, maybe even who you support politically. We'll take all those things into consideration and then we will decide if your right to defend yourself is actually, actually applicable so here we have Kyle Rittenhouse being represented by Lynn Wood and an organization, a nonprofit organization called Fight Back. Now what this organization has done is, is I guess, in teaming up with Lynn Wood and this uh, attorney's office, they have put together a montage, a video, if you will, of the events that happened that night in Kenosha a few weeks ago. From beginning to end and everything involving uh, everything involving Kyle Rittenhouse and, and, and how it transpired, the series of events in order to give everyone a clear picture of what exactly happened. Because really, let's be honest here, we didn't have a clear picture. We had three, maybe four video clips. A guy with his arm blown off, another guy dead. And then the media accusing Kyle Rittenhouse of being some sort of militia member that was just out in the street looking for trouble, looking to kill some Black Lives Matter protesters. Nothing could be further from the truth. And that's why facts matter. That's why waiting for the facts matter. Because people's lives get ruined when your emotion overrules the facts. Your emotions will never bring you to the right conclusion. The, your emotions will never bring you to the truth. Only the facts will. So as I went through several articles and, 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 and really studied up on this Fight Back organization, I found they had this video. And I've watched it twice this morning just to make sure I've, I've really got a full grasp on it. And it is so well put together. 
it, it is so fact-based, and it really it gives you a point of view of what happened that night in Kenosha, even before Kyle Rittenhouse enters the picture, but also gives you a background on Rittenhouse himself, who he is, what his, what his life consisted of leading up to this, and then where we are now. So Kyle Rittenhouse shows up to Kenosha, Wisconsin to help out the community, to help out everyone, including protesters, and to try to give his best effort to keep the peace. We've watched in cities over and over, time and time again, devolve into chaos. Entire cities burn to the ground, especially at this point. We've seen it recently in Seattle. We've seen it in Minneapolis. We've seen it all across the country, and it never ends well. So you've got patriots that are starting to stand up, and they're saying, hey, this is my hometown, or this is, this is my family's hometown. I want to protect these streets. I want to be able to help. I want to be able to contribute to the city that raised me, the city that houses my family. That's where Kyle Rittenhouse comes in. Now watch this as uh, Fight Back, the nonprofit organization started by Linwood, Kyle Rittenhouse's attorney, put this fabulous, fabulous video together. After two nights of violence, fires, and citywide vandalism, Angry mobs gathered on night three to protest the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Adding to the volatility of the situation, many of the protesters were armed. This one got a gun on him. This one got a gun on him. This one got a gun on him. This one got guns on the rifles. To prevent the total destruction of their community, Good Samaritans united to guard local businesses. Among them was 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse. So people are getting injured. And our job is to protect this business, and part of my job is to also help people. If there's somebody hurt, I'm running into harm's way. That's why I have my rifle, because I need to protect myself, obviously. But I also have my med kit. I am an EMT. If you are injured, come to me. Earlier that day, Rittenhouse volunteered to remove graffiti. Now you you have, let me, let me keep you updated here. What you just saw was Kyle Rittenhouse attending to injured Black Lives Matter protesters. He's not out there shooting people. He's not out there, he's not out there harassing people, pointing guns at people that are peacefully protesting, which is what the media wanted you to think. He's out there with a gun for protection for himself, but his main tool is his med kit where he's out there tending to people that are hurt from all sides. Protesters and Kenosha defenders alike. He's out there to help people and try to keep the peace as much as possible. And now here he is at a local high school helping with a group of people that are cleaning up graffiti that have been put here by Black Lives Matter thugs. From Ruther Central High School in Kenosha. In December 2018, Rittenhouse started a Facebook fundraiser for a nonprofit called Humanizing the Badge. In his own words, the mission is to forge stronger relationships between law enforcement officers and the communities they serve. 
he asked his friends to donate to the organization for his 16th birthday. In the early hours of night three, protesters and guards were in solidarity. Tensions began to rise as protesters set a dumpster ablaze, then began pushing it toward a gas station. A guard quickly extinguished the flames, angering fire starter Joseph Rosenbaum. Now, nothing nothing screams uh, defender of, of everything right and justice like a, a white guy yelling, shoot me, N-word. Shoot me, N-word. <laughs> now, check out this guy's profile, all right? Joseph Rosenbaum, age 36, registered sex offender, convicted of sexual misconduct with a minor and crimes against a child. That's Joseph Rosenbaum, defender of Black Lives Matter. Rosenbaum retaliated focusing his rage on a guard in a green t-shirt. Moments later, just down the street, Joseph Rosenbaum is seen starting more fires. Around that same time, Kyle Rittenhouse is spotted running with a fire extinguisher. With his face concealed, Rosenbaum emerges, chasing after Rittenhouse. Oh, we got a gun, baby. Ooh. While exploring possible motives for the foot pursuit, it's worth noting that the target of Rosenbaum's first altercation was dressed similarly to Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, we got a gun, baby. A single gunshot is fired by a protester, identified as Alexander Blaine. Alexander Blaine, age 44, Sin City Disciples gang member and amateur porn actor. Quite the characters we've got in uh, this Kenosha protest defending black lives. From this angle, we see the muzzle flash of Blaine's handgun. Seconds later, Kyle Rittenhouse is pinned between parked cars. Let's rewind to analyze this pivotal moment frame by frame. Here we see Rittenhouse, Rosenbaum, and a reporter by the name of Richard McGinnis, who is filming the chase on his cell phone. Directly in front of Rittenhouse, armed with bats and other weapons, a mob is forming a barricade. With no way out and no way to know who fired that shot, Rittenhouse turns to face Rosenbaum. Right before he turned around, I'm not sure if this was a reason why he turned around, but there was a gunshot. And that's actually visible on video. It's not clear whether or not that gunshot was fired into the air or towards Rittenhouse, but Rittenhouse did turn around immediately after that. And at that point, he went from running away to aiming his weapon at Rosenbaum, and I was actually directly behind Rosenbaum. So I took one or two steps to my right, right as Rosenbaum was lunging for the barrel of the rifle. Kyle Rittenhouse fired four shots. Seconds later, three additional shots are fired by an unknown shooter. One bullet grazed Joseph Rosenbaum's head, 
Another penetrated his right groin, his left thigh, and his back. With a total of eight shots fired, it remains unclear that all four of Rosenbaum's wounds were caused by Rittenhouse. As Richard McGinnis began tending to Rosenbaum, Rittenhouse returned to the scene and began placing a call for help. As the mob begins calling for the attack of Rittenhouse, he is forced to flee the scene. That dude shot him. That dude just shot that dude! You shot him? I didn't. Now this is where it devolves into chaos. Kyle Rittenhouse, being the good kid that he is, shooting in self-defense, after doing that, actually goes back to the scene with his med kit to try to help the injured people. Because here's what's going through this kid's mind. I'm, I've simply got this rifle to defend myself. Not to kill anybody, not to put anybody in a body bag, just to defend myself. Once the threat is neutralized, then we can worry about helping these people. Because we're not looking to kill people. We're just looking to keep me safe and keep this community safe. That's who this kid is. And as we go along, you're going to realize that that's who this kid is. That's, that's in his DNA. It's not some militia member white supremacist vigilante that's just looking for blood because he likes to, you know, be some amateur bounty hunter. This kid is simply doing what he feels is right. Did Kyle Rittenhouse have reason to believe his life was in danger? Dozens of U.S. cities are in chaos. Millions of Americans have taken to the streets. 77-year-old David Dorn was shot to death as a pawn shop he was protecting was being looted. The voices of peaceful protests are being hijacked by violent, radical elements. One man was injured after attempting to protect a Kenosha mattress store before it eventually burned down overnight. Whoa, 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 Rittenhouse is seen next, running towards the flashing lights of police vehicles. The armed mob is now chasing after him. Cranium, that boy! He just shot a man! Within this context, the word cranium is street slang, which is a calling for someone to take Rittenhouse out with a headshot. Hey, what are you doing? You shot somebody? An unidentified protester strikes Rittenhouse in the head, knocking his hat off. Rittenhouse trips and falls to the ground. Another protester attempts to jump on Rittenhouse, who then fires two shots into the air. With blunt force, another protester strikes Rittenhouse in the back of the head with a sharp edge of a skateboard, then reaches for the rifle. Rittenhouse fires a single shot, striking the man in the chest. Now look at this guy's rap. Oh, it's something about every single person involved in this scenario is a hardened criminal, co convicted really of, of horrible crimes. This guy, Anthony Huber, 26 years old, convicted of domestic abuse, abuse use of a dangerous weapon, battery, strangulation, and suffocation, second degree, reckless endangerment. Normal people don't do that kind of stuff. Now, you think about all the charges, it was not hard for uh, uh, these people to, to find out 
who these people were, because we found out in the early days who these people were and what their criminal record was. And to this day, the only person in this entire scenario that has been convicted of any or, or been charged with any crime has been Kyle Rittenhouse. The only person in this entire scenario, Kyle Rittenhouse, he's the only one that's been charged. That should infuriate this entire country. A third protester fakes as if he's surrendering, then suddenly advances with a handgun aimed at Rittenhouse. A single shot strikes the man's right bicep. While visiting him in the hospital, a friend of Grosskreutz posted the following photo and statement on social media. I just talked to Gage Grosskreutz too. His only regret was not killing the kid and hesitating to pull the gun before emptying the entire mag into him. When a fourth protester raises his arms in surrender, Rittenhouse exhibits remarkable judgment by not firing his weapon. As Rittenhouse moves toward police, multiple gunshots explode behind him. U.S. media was quick to label Kyle Rittenhouse as a far-right radical, a vigilante, a militia member, and a white supremacist. To date, no evidence has materialized to validate any such claim. Rittenhouse attempts to turn himself in to the police. But in the confusion, it was not clear that he was involved in the shootings and was ordered to move away. So Rittenhouse, who, who's been being yelled at by police to just get out of the way, we're trying to figure out what's going on, simply goes home, which is all he knows to do, and then the next day goes back to the police station to turn himself in. The next day, un unprompted. It's not like they had to hunt him down and pull him out of his house at 3 o'clock in the morning. He went back to the police station himself, trying to surrender. Now, the narrative, if you'll recall, the narrative we got the day after this was Kyle Rittenhouse, white supremacist, crossing state lines with a firearm just to kill Black Lives Matter protesters, and watch this video as police pass him by simply because he's white. He just murdered people, and police are just letting him go because he's white. No, police are letting this guy go because there's chaos in the streets by Black Lives Matter, who is bur currently burning down a city. So the police have no idea what's going on. They ain't got a clue because they're not able to do their job because of animals in their streets and really politicians that force them to pull back and allow these animals to burn down their city. So Kyle Rittenhouse just goes home. He's got no choice. Police are busy. Police are busy wrangling animals burning down their city. For his safety, Kyle Rittenhouse left the area and peacefully surrendered the following day. Less than 48 hours after the incident, without a proper investigation, Kenosha County District Attorney Michael Gravely charged Rittenhouse with six crimes. First-degree reckless homicide for the death of Joseph Rosenbaum that may result in imprisonment for up to 60 years. Reckless homicide for the death of Joseph Rosenbaum. 
a child molester. But one of the best memes to come out of this was Joseph Rosenbaum died doing what he loved, which was chasing a minor. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. So listen to these charges that they've put on Kyle Rittenhouse. Because I, in, in the chaos, and I don't even think I fully comprehended this until I watched this video for the first time. The amount of prison time they have put on this 17-year-old kid. Think about that and compare it to what you just saw in this video. First degree reckless endangerment of Richard McGinnis that may result in imprisonment for up to 12 years. First degree intentional homicide of Anthony Huber that may result in imprisonment for life. Attempted first degree intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz that may result in imprisonment for up to 60 years. First degree reckless endangerment of an unknown male that may result in imprisonment for up to 12 years. And possession of a weapon by a person under 18, a misdemeanor. The Kenosha County Circuit Court assigned a bail amount of $2 million. Kyle Rittenhouse, a lifeguard who risked his safety to protect his community and give first aid to wounded protesters, was the only one charged with a crime. Not one of his attackers faced a single charge. A 17-year-old American citizen is being sacrificed by politicians. But it's not Kyle Rittenhouse they're after. Their endgame is to strip away the constitutional right of all citizens to defend our communities, our personal property, our lives, and the lives of our loved ones. This is the moment when the home of the brave rise to defend the land of the free. Help us restore freedom at fightback.law. Now, I encourage each and every one of you guys to go to fightback.law and just, at the very least, check out what these guys are, are doing, not just for Kyle Rittenhouse, but for this country. The point was made at the end of that video that this is more than just putting a white kid in, in prison for the rest of his life for shooting at, at protesters who the politicians have, have shown us they will defend what they do no matter what. This is about stripping you of your rights. Your rights to bear arms, your rights to defend your home, defend your family, defend your property, defend yourself. That is their end game. That's what they want to do. And they're doing it with the help of big tech. Again, as I stated at the beginning of this podcast, it was almost impossible for me to find these organizations, to find Linwood, to find the Fight Back organization on Twitter, their social media, so I could then get the rest of their information, find out what their website was. But now that I've done that, and I try to look further into what these guys have going on, I go to the Fight Back Twitter page, I click on their website, again, fightback.law, and that's what it gives me. Our services aren't available right now. Now, this is 12 hours after Tucker Carlson on Fox News did a piece on that very video and on the organization Fight Back. 
and you can't even go to their website. Could it be a, a, a situation where so many people have went to look at the website, it crashed, maybe? Or it could be something more sinister. But what happens now? Number one, Kyle Rittenhouse should be released of all charges immediately. Second, the prosecutor in this case should be fired for charging Kyle Rittenhouse without any evidence or with very little evidence that doesn't tell the whole story. After that prosecutor publicly releases Kyle Rittenhouse from those charges. After that, prosecute the prosecutor. This was nothing more than an overzealous prosecutor being pressured by the public and politicians to ruin a child's life without the proper evidence. It is the job of a prosecutor to not just put people in jail that get placed in front of him, but to find the truth. And across this country, we see so many prosecutors who don't look at it as finding the truth. They just look at it as prosecuting people, that that's their only job. And this will probably get me silenced on social media and, and YouTube and everything else. But this is a direct result of George Soros pumping money into local elections to get overzealous activist prosecutors elected. There is proof that is undeniable. It is fact. This is the result of that. So the bottom line is free Kyle Rittenhouse. The more I learn about this, the, uh, the more angry it makes me. <laughs> and I was, I was stunned. I had to go back and watch it a couple of different times because the, the way I, I, I love watching Tucker, I watch Hannity sometimes, but I also watch the other mainstream outlets just to get a, a, a grasp of what all is going on. But as I'm listening to Tucker last night, because I listened to it on, on SiriusXM, and I'm not seeing the visuals that you guys on YouTube just saw. I'm just hearing the audio, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked, and I, I was only getting about 50% of the information because half of it was visual. I was shocked at what I was hearing. I knew deep down that this was likely the case with what little information we had. But as I saw the whole video transpire, understood all the players, I was like, wow, wow. How backwards are we as a country right now? Where we're sticking up for not just the child molesters and rapists that were shot and killed in Kenosha, but we're sticking up for the guy that started all this, the rapist Jacob Blake that was shot by police, which was derived from drug-addicted George Floyd, who died from an overdose while in police custody, which derived from police interaction, police interaction, after police interaction, 
that we find out later on, well down the road, that the police weren't really at fault like we thought they were. Police aren't perfect. They make bad calls. They've got bad judgment from time to time. But overwhelmingly, 99%, more than 99% of cops do their job appropriately. And if you are a batting man, and every time one of these situations comes up in the media, the odds are in your favor if you place your bets on the police. Because again, 99% of the time, they're going to be in the right. Hundreds of millions of police interactions happen every year. But it's the three, four, five instances that catch the media's attention that they pump up until cities are burnt to the ground that they base everything on. That they call for the death of police officers with. It's sickening. And you know who is 100% responsible for taking our country in this direction? The left. The Democrats. The progressives. The George Soros of the world. They're the ones responsible for this. I stated yesterday that we conservative talk radio people and I guess in today's age podcasters we used to say these crazy things about the left is going to do this. If you let them have that they're going to take this. If you give them an inch they're going to take a mile. They're going to push it further and further until people are burning cities to the ground and they're trying to take away your guns. We used to be told, oh, that's just embellished. You're just using that for ratings. You're using that for shot value. Well, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're in 2020. And all those things we were saying are starting to come true. And you don't have to take my word on it. Watch the videos. You can see it with your very own eyes. You have the ability to research anything and everything I tell you. And I encourage you to do so. Fact check me. I'll expect you to come back and say, Andrew, you were right. Over the line on Facebook, make sure you add it. As long as we don't get put in Facebook jail, we will be there. YouTube.com slash over the line and all the podcast platforms, we're there for you. And we'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow. Until then, see you, cool.